0: Sally Granya Nelson stepped out of her robe and, nude, climbed under the blankets. When the bedroom door burst open, she gave a sharp, short laugh and pulled one side of the cover's back as an invitation for her husband to join her. Smiling from ear to ear, Sean Nelson wasted no time. Shirt peeled off, he fell back into the corner chair and, charged by his own arousal, he kicked off his hobnail boots, stood, and let his pants puddle around his ankles stepping out of them as he charged the bed. A soldier of the IRA, he was seldom home. But with the continuing negotiations with the United Kingdom having brought about a fragile and no doubt temporary peace, he and Sally had decided it was a good time to start a family. He threw the covers off, fully exposing his wife. Oh, Sean, have you no scruples? Apparently not, but I'd like to see yours. They both laughed. Then he pinned her to the bed with one thrust. They moved in rhythm. Raising her head, she nibbled his ear and whispered, We'll make a boy and I'll call him Liam after your father. Sensing that he was near, she rolled her hips to meet each thrust, then clasped her arms across his back. When he broke the rhythm with his desire, she pulled him to her, urging him on until he collapsed, exhausted. When he rolled onto his back, she knew the moment was gone. What is it, Sean? he reached over and cupped a breast. You may want to reconsider the choice of father for your child. She gently removed his hand from her breast and kissed each finger. What in the world? I have another aid. She rolled to sit up on the opposite side of the bed. What are you saying? He crawled over and hugged her from behind. It's food. No soldiers or munitions. No guards. Not a shot will be fired. I've heard it all before. It's all true. Callahan just returned with a report. She turned her head to catch his eyes. Callahan, you say? How would the likes of that child lover pass himself off? Sean laughed and fell back onto the bed. A priest. He dressed as a priest. And the Brits bought the ruse clear to the end of the rail in the north. Sally stood, turned to face her husband, and crossed her arms across her breasts. Should I lose you to a stray bullet? What then, Sean Nelson? The Glen of Monaghan is a rich, green meadow in Northern Ireland. Surrounded by forest, it opens up to a rail line that crosses the Republic of Ireland and terminates in Northern Ireland, and is the bane of the IRA for the goods it carries to its British-protected terminus. Sean Nelson felt like Robin Hood as his small band of IRA soldiers moved silently through the woods, until the tracks came into sight. He pulled his mirror from a breast pocket, rocked it back and forth until it caught the sun, and sent a glint of light across the glen. When the signal was returned, he knew the blockade of trees was in place, which would force the train to stop out in the open. The plan was simple. While troops cleared the trees from the tracks, his men would approach from the forest, uncouple the last car, the one said to be carrying potatoes and other goods. When the train pulled away, the car left behind would be pulled back into the forest where, under cover, his men would empty it. Though prepared, as always, it was thought that no shots would need to be fired, no one killed. It had taken months to lay the plan. The year was 2005, and the Irish Republican Army had officially announced that it had decommissioned its weapons. But word was slow to spread to the various factions. Protestants had long posed as traveling Catholic priests to infiltrate British strongholds that were in place to restrict and control Protestant IRA insurgents. In preparation for the theft of goods and supplies being moved along British rail lines, trusted IRA member Francis Callahan had posed as a priest to ride the line to its end in Northern Ireland and to track and report back to Nelson the Brit's strength, numbers, and intent. But he had been captured and bought by the British. Sean had gathered 21 men loyal to the IRA, experienced raiders. They were armed but understood that the train was undermanned because it carried neither arms. Nor soldiers. Dry goods and produce only. The men communicated, line of sight, with waving arms. The cadre moved in silence. Sean was the first to step onto the tracks and, heart beating rapidly, he approached the boxcar. With a sigh of relief, he signaled the first in line to his side. Together, they slid open the giant door. They fell on each other with silent smiles at the sight of crates filled to the brim with potatoes.